0: Entry kids are in here with us today, which uh, grades uh, second through fourth. Really glad that you're here. You've got your clipboards. Uh, Hopefully, you can be a little bit engaged with what we're talking about here today, and we are going into our time of teaching. If you want to open your Bibles this morning, uh, Luke chapter 11 is where we're going to be. Um, That's in the New Testament, uh, one of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Uh, You can find that. If you uh, need a Bible, put up your hand. One of our servants will bring you one of these Bibles. You can keep. We want you to have a Bible. If you don't have one, you can open up on your device as well um, and find the gospel of Luke there. Uh, We're talking about prayer, Um, and uh, we're talking about prayer in the greater context of our summer series, which we're kind of wrapping up today. Um, It's a summer series called Water from a Deep Well, and the idea that, hey, we can be dry and weary and thirsty uh, in this world, in this culture, in our everyday busyness, and uh, we want to seek Jesus. Jesus, the one who said to, if you're thirsty, come to me. He said, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest, rest for your souls that runs deep. And so we're looking at some of these different disciplines, um, being in the Bible, um, being in community and fellowship with others. And now we're talking about prayer. Uh, because if we're talking about receiving from God, there is perhaps um, no other way that's more primary than our prayer life. The last couple of weeks we've been talking about this, and you can go back and listen online if you want, um, but we're talking about prayer and how prayer is conversation with God, how prayer is ultimately about our relationship with God, not just some religious action that gets us in God' good, good graces, but that actually unites us with the heart of God, that lays ourselves before him, and just like in our relationships, communication is a key part of that. And so prayer is communication that deepens our relationship with God and that can minister to our souls in the midst of our difficult lives. Um, I think in talking about prayer, if I can be honest with you, it's a bit of a difficult task because often, uh, you know, there's not a whole bunch new that I could say this morning uh, to a church that's gathered. I mean, if you've been associated with the church in any way, or even if you haven't, you know that that Christians are supposed to pray. In fact, if you've been at church, it's one of the first things that you hear. It's one of the things you grow up uh, doing. You hear the scriptures and there's lots of them. So uh, there's nothing really new that I can share with you. Um, to teach you, but I think as we strive to, even though we know it, a lot of it, um, we often struggle to actually live out this discipline, and so we struggle with it and sometimes can be very guilt-laden at our prayer life. And so, um, as I was thinking today, how is it that we can kind of, after a couple messages that set some uh, groundwork uh, for this, what can we do today uh, on this message? And we're going to talk about how it is that we pray, because the best way to learn is often about by doing. Let me give you this example. Um, I uh, took... Spanish in high school, um, you know, you had to take foreign language requirements, and I grew up in New York, so um, in upstate New York, you don't have a lot of opportunity uh, to use that foreign language, and so I took, I took four years of Spanish, learned all the vocabulary, did fairly well, got A's in it, you know, learned how to uh, conjugate verbs, all that stuff that comes with learning a foreign language. But I figured ah, I took that, done with that, uh, we will never need it, really, and then, of course, I moved to California, But more than moving to California, I ended up living for a year in Mexico. Uh, This was not a mission trip. This was doing scientific work down there. And and, uh, I found myself immersed in a Spanish-speaking culture. Now, all of a sudden, I realized that uh, learning Spanish was very important. And I was immersed in that culture. And I learned it quicker in the matter of just a couple months in Mexico than I did four years in high school. Now, we know this principle. We understand it. We call it Spanish immersion or whatever other immersion you may call it. But we send our kids to maybe Spanish immersion schools because we think that is the best way to learn by actually going and doing it and speaking it. And I was there uh, with my uh, wife for about uh, three quarters of the time. And I always had this fallback to go back home. We'd speak English at home. And so kind of had this little, uh, you know, comfort. But when she came back to the U.S. and I was still there, I'll tell you, all that I had were Spanish-speaking friends, Spanish-speaking coworkers, and I learned it then. Being immersed in a culture. The best way for us to learn how to pray is not just to learn verses or to know it in our minds, but to actually do it. And so today, um, I'm not going to speak for the usual 40 minutes. I'm going to speak for uh, probably about 20 minutes and we're going to talk about a few principles and tell you where we want to go as a church with this. And then we're actually going to take some extended time today and pray. I know you may not have showed up to church this morning to actually pray, um, but we're going we're to do it together. And we're going to look at uh, Jesus' words for us. And we're going to read uh, what's called the Lord's Prayer in Luke chapter 11. And my son Maddox is going to read these words for us. Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he was finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins for ourselves, forgive everyone who was indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation. All right, thank you, son. I asked a couple other uh, kids if they wanted to read this morning, and you were a little bit nervous, but what I want you to know, if you're one of the elementary kids in here, you're not the church of tomorrow, you're the church of today. And if there's something that you want to do as part of this church and serving, we want to have you be a part of it. So talk to mom and dad. Tell them I want to be part of the church. And uh, next time you could read or do something else up here as well. Um, But that's kind of a side point. I really want to get into this scripture. This is what is known as the Lord's prayer. And you may not know any other bit about Scripture, but you may have that memorized. Um, It actually appears in Scripture in two places. Uh, One in Matthew chapter 6, which is actually printed in your worship guide notes this morning. And then uh, I chose to read it from Luke chapter 11 for a reason I'll get to you in a minute. Um, But sometimes we just think, okay, it's in there twice. Jesus said it twice, which he did. But the context of this is important. Because when Jesus was speaking in Matthew chapter 6, when he first gave the Lord's Prayer, the context was completely different. Matthew 6 was something called the Sermon on the Mount. It was his very first kind of sermon where he came to the religious people, the Jewish people, the religious leaders, and he told them what they were doing wrong and how to get back to what they should be doing. And we looked at this passage last week where we, in Matthew 6, where Jesus said, okay, don't be... Uh, praying in public in order to be seen by others. Don't be praying in your words to sound eloquent. And he gave this simple prayer and he said, pray like this. And he got really at the heart of a few things. Now the context in Luke 11, and the reason I want us to read this one this morning is because the context is different. Now Jesus' disciples had been walking with him, his closest followers for some time. They had heard the Sermon on the Mount probably at least a year earlier. But now they're seeing Jesus pray on a daily basis. They're seeing Jesus, not just standing among the temple, but they're seeing him sneak away early in the morning while it was still dark in order to commune with his heavenly father, in order to start the day right. And they're hearing the way he's praying and they're saying, hey, we've grown up in the church, we've grown up in the temple, we've seen all, we went to all the religious schools and we've never seen anybody pray like that. And so one day, maybe after seeing this for months and months, they finally get the courage. It was probably Peter, that disciple that would always speak on behalf of the other disciples. When, when he finally goes to me, he says, Lord, teach us to pray because the way we've been praying, that clearly has not been uh, what you want to show us. And I find such heart in hearing Jesus' response because what Jesus doesn't say, he doesn't say, you guys have been with me all this time. You still don't know how to pray. Or he doesn't say, you grew up in the religious school. Go back to that. No, Jesus in his grace, he teaches them to pray. And he goes back and he shows them some things. And, you know, I think for us, You know, where this kind of hits home for me, um, I grew up in a Christian home, kind of went through all those things. But um, when my son, Maddox, who was up here, turned about five years old, he did something that my older daughter didn't do. When when we would go in for our bedtime prayers, and uh, I would say, all right, Maddox, go ahead and and pray, um, he would kind of shake his head. He'd look near and he'd say, I don't want to, or I don't know how to. Now, this hurt my heart. And I wasn't sure what to do, and, and to be honest, my first response was kind of that, like, no, you will pray, now do it, or uh, tomorrow you go to bed early, and we'll then have to pray earlier. Um, I, you know, but that was like my initial response, just honestly, but then I remember this, where Jesus, in response to asking to teach us, Jesus teaches us, and so I said, okay, son, let, let's just... Do what Jesus did. And we began praying. I said, let's begin like this. Just repeat after me. Lord, teach us to pray. And then we went through the Lord's Prayer. And you know what? Over time, eventually, I don't know where it was, but he ended up getting the confidence. And he started praying. And today, he's able to pray. I think for us to look at the Lord's Prayer, whether you know it or whether you're like, I have no idea how to pray. This is all new to me. Uh, This is a good place to come back to for all of us today. What Jesus is giving us here is not just some ritual words uh, that we often recite and say, okay, we did our prayer, you know, cross our heart and be done with it. No, he's given us an outline of how it is that we are to pray as we're to get to the heart of it. And this is what he said. He says, pray like this, our father in heaven. Now, when Jesus said that, that would have been completely sacrilegious because nobody prayed to almighty God, father, daddy, daddy. It was, oh, great God, who could crush us the way they prayed. But Jesus said, pray like this, our Father. And that's how God invites us to come, our Father in heaven. When that seeks deeper into our hearts of what that means, he says, pray, hallowed, holy is your name. Even though he is Father, his name is still set apart from anything else, and we adore him as such. The praises that we sing are awesome because they glorify and lift him up and adore him as the God that he is. Holy is your name. Your kingdom come, Matthew 6 adds, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You want to know what? The place where everything is right right now is before God's glorious throne in heaven everyone there in the spiritual realm, all the angels, they see God for who he is, and they bow down, and they sing songs. Things are right in heaven, and we pray, God, would your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven? Jesus, would you be on your throne? And Jesus, would you use us to make that a reality? You see, there's lots of injustices in this world, lots of brokenness, And when we pray, Jesus, your kingdom come, part of his response is my kingdom has come and it's coming through you, my son or my daughter, where there are injustices, where there are people who do not hear the gospel. I am sending you. You are part of my kingdom advancing through you. So yes, we pray, God, your kingdom come, but we also hear him say, it's coming through you and we advance as he leads us. We pray in the simplest way, give us this day our daily bread. God, we're dependent on you for provision. My paycheck is not ultimately because of me, God. It's because you're the ultimate source. My provision of food, some of us know this better than others, is only because God has given us a place where the grain can be produced and and we can easily go to the supermarket. Imagine being in another country in a different world and you might pray this in a different way. Whatever it is this morning there may be something you walked into this place and you're really in need of something. When we pray God give us our daily bread, we're saying God provide for what I need this day. Forgive us our sins. Confession coming before God and once again recognizing where we've been this week, knowing that we're in God's grace, but also recognizing we don't want to continue in the same behaviors. God, forgive us our sins. You sent your son Jesus to go to the cross to forgive us our sins, and I recognize that. And there's some things that I need to remember this week and confess before you as we forgive those who have sinned against us. Now, here's where the vertical prayer begins to get horizontal, Because God says, I will give you my grace. I will give you my forgiveness. But when we pray, as I forgive those who have sinned against me, we maybe need to start doing some thinking about those that we're holding grudges against, that we failed to forgive, that we're in broken relationship with, and we're not living in peace with them as much as it depends on us. And it starts to get reflective, and God does a work in us. And we don't want to go there, because that's painful, and that's hard And so we'd rather maybe just brush through the words and not get to the heart of it. Lead us not into temptation because those sins, we realize they put Jesus to the cross. I don't want to go there again. Jesus, I need your help. Matthew 6 adds, and deliver us from evil. My daughter Shane was last night praying um, and I said, as we often do, um, you know, and all God's people said, amen. And Shane said this phrase, and I wasn't, i never heard it before, and she said, and the devil says dang. I don't know where she learned that. I don't know if that came from our teachers here, but if you're a teacher that taught there, or a parent, you know, that's an awesome thing, because that's a spiritual theological reality that we often don't teach our kids, right? And the devil says Dang. The devil doesn't want us praying. Because when we pray, it's powerful. When we pray, God's kingdom comes. when we invite God to work in ways that we can't do ourselves, can me the devil wants us keeping in our own power. Yeah, you keep trying to go through that sin on your own. You keep trying to deal with those temptations on your own. You keep trying to provide all those things you need, because then you're ineffective. Don't even pray about the kingdom coming. but when we do, the devil says, "dang." And so we want to be in the place where the devil's saying, dang, we want to be advancing that way. I think if we look at our children, I mean, for those of us who are parents, we know our children relentlessly plead, they reach, they pull, they do this. Those are the type of prayers we want to be. And God calls for us to be persistent prayers. Now I could go on and on and on. Um, I will just a little bit more. Because I I want us to understand how, as a church, we want to move into this culture of being immersed in prayer. There's three levels that I just want to introduce to you, too, so that you know how we're seeking to grow as a church. Church, our leaders are on our knees. We're brokenhearted because we've recognized we have not been the prayerful church that we need to be. So here's just three levels of how we will be immersed in prayer. Number one has a lot to do with you and I as individuals, privately, personally. Now, I hope some of you have a great, amazing prayer life because you can help the rest of us. More than you having a great prayer life, I hope you are having a growing prayer life. May not be what you want to hear, but this pastor struggles to pray for all the reasons that we talked about last week, being busy, being more of a doer and get it done. And So I've struggled with prayer, but I've been growing in prayer and I've been persistent in seeking that. You know, if you're here and you say, I really struggle in prayer, it leads to this place of being guilt-laden, of feeling inadequate, like we don't measure up. And God would just invite you, come to him. Say, Lord, teach us to pray. And we grow together. Our prayer lives can be as unique as each one of us. we got to break prayer out of the box where it looks like sitting at your kitchen table with your, you know, hands there. I mean, we may pray. I mean, some of you love going for a walk. Go walk and pray in the morning. What else may it look like for you? Some of us, because of the state of life as parents, we need to learn to pray with our children there. What does it look like? It may look unique. But the word that I wanna give us as I was praying and asking God for each one of these levels, what is it, God, that you would have for us? In our private lives, to be immersed in prayer, the word that the Lord gave was this, persistently, in our private lives, to pray persistently. Jesus taught this in Luke chapter 11. Right after the Lord's prayer, he continues and he says to them, which of you, he gives this illustration, which of you has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend has arrived for a journey and I have nothing to set before him. And will that friend answer from within? Do not bother me. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. Maybe you have a friend like that. But Jesus says, I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his, the prayer's impudence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. Jake, who prayed up here before, taught two weeks ago, and he taught about persistence. He used the story of the persistent widow. Here, this word impudence, it sounds a little stronger, but it means persistence, God wants us to come persistently in prayer. And you can see, I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and the one who knocks, it will be open. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? I don't think there's any dads in here that would respond to his child in that way. Jesus is making this point. If you then, who are evil and sinful, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? God wants to give us not just the things that we want, but He wants to give us Himself. He wants us to ask, He wants us to be persistent. So in your private prayer life, be persistent. I know you're struggling. I know that you have questions and doubts and angers and fears. But be persistent and pray, grow. Our prayer team is here to help. They would love more than anything to sit down with you, to help you, to figure out how to pray, to look at your struggles and to lead you and guide you through them. But in the church, often we don't talk about our struggles so we don't get the help that we need. I would hope that we would drop the act And that we would ask for help where we need it. And if you need help knowing how to pray, that's what the prayer team and your staff are here for, to help you to grow. The second level we need to look at very quickly is when we pray together. I'm talking about when two or three gather in meetings, in coffee shops, or in what we call our discovery groups, our small groups. And the word here is authentically. To pray together authentically. We've all been in the well, maybe we not have all been there, but many of us have been there in the small group meeting where maybe it's been a good Bible study. We've talked about going out and evangelizing or we've talked about kind of getting real with Christ and, and the forgiveness of sins. And then uh, the leader looks and he says, whoa, we better wrap up. Let's, uh, anyone got any prayer requests? Everyone kind of sits there quietly, maybe looking at their feet, and um, then maybe somebody, the person that says it every week, which God bless those who bring the prayers every week, because that's persistence. As well, the same person, or maybe even the request is something, you know, a prayer for, you know, that my cat would be well, and, and uh, you know, pray for your cats. God cares about that. He does. But, you know, as we go through that kind of time. And then we've just maybe borne our hearts out. And then we just move on. We have some cookies and we call it good. Rather than during that time, you know, if you have nothing to pray about, don't don't pray. But you don't have to try to pull something out. But if it's on our hearts to share with one another, to be prayed for, to invite God to work, I, I pray that we would move from that awkwardness that we feel in those groups to that we move to authenticity. That as soon as it starts to feel awkward, that would be a reminder to us that it's not about awkwardness, it's about being authentic. And leaders of groups, leaders of meetings that we would lead first, and that we would get vulnerable and say, this is what I'm struggling with. My marriage is not right. My kids are off the hook. I'm worried about losing my job. My finances are in a wreck. You know what? I am so alone. I sit here week after week with you guys in a group, but I'm just lonely. And that as a group, we wouldn't just rush through that, that we would pause and we would invite God to come and to work. Together, we pray authentically. Finally, the third level is Sunday mornings when we gather. Roley, our worship leader, did a great message a few weeks ago on how corporate worship, when we gather together, it's like super fuel for our discipleship. And we come and we sing and we hear a message and those are parts of it, but he said prayer was too. And when we gather together, God moves powerfully among our prayers. I don't have time to look at it, but go read Acts 4 this week. Where what happened was, uh, they were out and they were advancing the gospel. And they got uh, thrown in jail and they were uh, getting beaten. And the first thing they do when they're released, they run back and they tell everyone. And it says that they lifted their voices together to God. That that would be our response every Sunday when we come. When we come in suffering, when we come in weary, when we come in weak, that our first response would be, hey, I'm coming, and we're lifting our voices together to God. And they recognized God, and they prayed, would you help us to advance boldly? The word for us on Sunday morning is this, desperately. That we would pray desperately when we gather together. Because we're all here to remind us of what's in scripture and what we need and what we're about in our mission to meet people where they are in this culture and in this world and to lead them to to be disciples of Jesus who make disciples of Jesus. Now, if we're going to do that, we need prayer. And as leaders, we have become more desperate in prayer. You, You know what? When we're up here, when we're praying on a Sunday morning, it's not about public recognition. It's not part of the show. Oh, this would look good. So let's do this. It's not just to get our words out there. But it's because we have missionaries who are on the front lines. And because the Millers and others like them are are going out in the world and they want to do an incredible work of advance in the gospel in the midst of the same struggles that we experience. They're going out and doing that. Roley prays because he longs to open our hearts to receive from God during that time of worship that we would be refreshed not just in some good I like this song but in what God wants to do through his spirit in this place. I pray not because uh, I can't kind of get through uh, these words but because I long that God would open up our hearts to be transformed by his word. Now, God sees us as leaders, and I, I pray that He finds us faithful. That he sees each one of you two. And I think that He would ask us and say, Are you humbly coming to receive from me? Are you coming to seek and to knock that I might come and minister to you? So on Sunday morning, we pray that um, we would be people of prayer, that we would pray as we sing that our words would be a prayer that we would pray together that in our communion time we would come we have this prayer corner every week when you can come and pray and that prayer team wants to minister to your heart the heart of what we're doing down there is what it says in James chapter 5 if any of you is suffering any of you suffering it says let him pray is anyone cheerful let him sing praise Sing it loud and joyfully. Is any of you sick in body, in mind, in soul, with your past? Is anyone sick? Let him come to the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick. The Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it's working. That's why we come to the prayer corner. To pray for one another. I don't fully know the deal with the oil. I mean, I can go through the Old Testament and I can, I know God has always asked his people to. It's not like magic snake oil. But I'll tell you this. There's been times we said, all right, God's word says it. People have come to prayer. We've anointed with oil and we've had babies be made well. So are we just advancing in faith of what God has for us, seeking what he may have, learning as he guides us? I asked the prayer team um, what they would like me to say about how. What's the vision for our prayer corner? And, And what they say is we would love to see everybody coming for prayer once a month. Hey, so once a month, that everybody that comes here. Now, I, I looked at prayer today and I said, you realize like on a monthly basis, we have about five or 600 people that come through the doors. Are we prepared for that? I said, no, no, we're not. But we believe it's where God wants to take us. So we're getting prepared. And what we need is people who will be the prayers as much as those who will come for prayer And you may feel like, well, I'm not righteous. None of us are righteous. When it talks about a righteous man, it's only because Christ is righteous and we trust in him. It's only by Christ that we come that any of us pray or do what we do. None of us are righteous enough to pray for one another. None of us have the right words. We encounter things in the prayer corner that we don't know what to do other than just go to Jesus and pray for one another. But we see God move when we come forward and do that. So we would call you to not only be prayed for, but to be prayers. And um, you can go on that app and you can, instead of just putting a prayer request or serving request, put, put that you want to be part of the prayer team. You realize that when we come on Sunday morning, not only do we come to receive from whatever the church is doing or what God has for us this morning, but we come to give. I'll tell you, a transition happened in my life probably about 15 years ago now, where I realized that when I show up on Sunday, Sunday morning is an opportunity. When God has said he wants to work in the gathering of his people. And we don't get it all, and sometimes you get it wrong, but, but God wants to move. And he wants to move in you, and he wants to move through you. He wants through his Holy Spirit to minister to others. And not that we would only pray at the prayer corner by the prayer team, but that in our seats here, we would pray for one another. That our words wouldn't be, I'll pray for you this week, but we'll say, hey, brother, sister, can we pray right now? And that this would be a house of prayer. That is our desire. I've gone too long, spoken too much, but we're not gonna get out of actually praying this morning. Um, Here's what we're gonna do. I recognize just a lot of ideas that I've, I've poured out here, but hopefully the Holy Spirit will continue to lead you in one of them. But what we're going to do right now is um, we're going to take um, about 15 minutes and we're going to pray in our seats here. And um, first, we're going to pray privately. And what I want you to do, if you got your message notes this morning, there's a copy of the Lord's Prayer right on there. And I would just invite you, that um, none of us are too advanced for this, uh, to just go through the Lord's Prayer and to, to pray that to God from your heart. If you're brand new to this, you can just go through, through the words of it. Or maybe you're sitting here and you say, I'm not even Christian. I just showed up here. I'm not really sure about this. I, I would ask just that you sit there and you ponder during this time. You ponder the reality that there's a God who looks and sees you today and wants to hear from you. He wants you to call out to him in whatever little bit of faith you may have. But for those of us who call, us Christi- call ourselves Christians, um, we're going to pray. and going to pray privately for about five minutes. I'm going to time it because five minutes will seem long when we're praying privately. Just take some time, go before the Lord. And then when those five minutes are up, I'm going to invite us to pray together. Now, if you're brand new uh, here and you don't feel comfortable with this, you're off the hook in this, you can just kind of sit there by yourself. But if you uh, are here with a spouse, if you're here, if your child's with you, if you're here with a friend, get together with your group. If God puts somebody on your heart while you're praying privately that things have not been right between us and I need to go and I need to pray with them or confess to them, go for it. The prayer team will be available for you to go there if you have nowhere else to go, but you want to pray with somebody. And then at the end of that five minutes, I will come and I will lead us um, in a corporate prayer together. Then we'll sing some more songs and we'll call it a morning. Um, but let's take this time and let's pray. Just go privately before God. Um, the Lord's Prayer will be back up on the, the screen if you need a reminder of it. Let's just take five minutes, pray. Seek what God has for you.